Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Back to Basics series. In these shorter episodes, we'll be covering things like the language of commercial property, simple strategies, and a general context of investing in commercial real estate. Our regular Thursday episodes will continue to provide deeper topic discussions and guest interviews with commercial investors and commercial industry experts. Our hope is to both inspire and provide the tools to help you build a solid cash flowing commercial property portfolio. So let's dive in. Okay, welcome to the Back to Basics series. Would a CMO property be a good starter building? That's today's question. Would it be a good starter building or should I find something more vanilla? Well, let's first talk about what a CMO building might be. Commercial multiple occupancy, that's what CMO stands for. It's a building with multiple clients or tenants under contracts to use a portion of a space in your property. They could be lease spaces on an IRI, which is an internal repairing and insuring lease, 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 <laughs> or it could be an FRI, a fully repairing and insuring lease. The difference really between those is that the internal one obviously is just for interior spaces that you're actually on the hook for should you need to repair anything, whereas the FRI is the whole shooting match, everything, roof, externals, the lot. Now, all those tenants or clients are contributing to communal service costs, but they could be contracted under a different type, which is a license. So you can have some CMO buildings with leases or with license. And the license space is more flexible for them and for you. And that higher flexibility brings in a higher margin. Plus, you can make continuous improvements. The downside is, of course, that they could potentially move out quicker. However, the upside is you have the chance to move somebody else in at a higher rate. There are millions of properties throughout the UK and the world that are multi-let. This isn't just a new thing. Your accountant, your lawyer, maybe your chiropractor, they probably all share buildings with other businesses. It's quite interesting, really, when you think about some of the professionals you go and see, most of them do not sit in a single building on their own. They are often through an entrance or a vestibule that has a list up on the wall of all the multiple clients. That is a CMO property. And think about it. Even your local shopping centre is essentially a CMO. It's a building with multiple occupants. So what's all the fuss about? Well, there's a higher margin by providing an element of building management or service. So they can be highly serviced with a butler or a receptionist or building facilities manager, whatever, or just multi-let. And we own both. Some require lots of attention and others very little. It depends on the setup. And often the FRI multi-let or the IRI multi-let are managed by agents. Not that I'm recommending that for everyone. I thought I should clarify that first because actually in terms of the question, can I start with a CMO? The reality is that it covers a huge range of options. 
and really need to ask yourself two questions. The first one is, do I want to be active or passive with my investments? And the second one is, can I gather a team to look after it, whether that be yourself or others? So going back to the first one, do I want to be active or passive? Well, this depends on your cash flow and your time requirement goals. Are you buying these assets to buy yourself back time? Or are you buying these assets to get in cash flow to get out of a job? Depends, right? So if you're trying to get out of work for somebody else to work for yourself, then maybe a higher cash flow with some active management is actually exactly what you need. Or it might be that you're looking for more passive long-term investments. Perhaps you're doing it through your SaaS and you want to just park money and create an income. And that's fine. You can do that with CMO buildings too. The return might be less. But of course, that's because there's less risk and there's less activity going on there. But either way, it depends on cash flow and time requirements. That's really a key question when you're looking at CMOs and what type of CMO you want to do. It's actually, to be fair, the same when you're looking at any commercial property. Do you want to be active? Do you want to be passive? And there's that active development up front, which is maybe redevelopment. And then there's the ongoing management of the properties. And a lot of people, of course, put that out to agents. Now, the second one was, can I gather a team to look after it? Well, that could be yourself to start with. And the same question, if you think about it, comes up for HMO investors, that's uh, houses of multiple occupancy, or service department investors. They might ask themselves the same thing. Do I want to be active or passive with this? And you can do either, but you need to build scale for some of them, and you certainly need a good team to look after stuff, right? So those are two questions. Do you want to be active or passive, and can you gather a team to look after it for you? I mean, the answer to the second one is yes, but you just have to spend the time learning what you're looking for and finding the right support, whether that is external partners like agents or whether it's internal people coming to work for you. Now, a simple CMO building could be a single retail unit that is currently too big for requirements and you split it down into two, so two separate units, two separate doors, to provide the more popular size units that are kind of being asked for right now. So that's a popular thing. There are large retail units that are stuck in inertia because they're over the rates threshold, they're costing too much in rates for new tenants to move in, so they're looking for small units, and it's not quite big enough for the nationals, so it actually ends up stuck in the middle. But actually, if you could split it down, now it's not simple for every unit, of course, but if you split it down into two then you might create a more popular size and in doing so create a bit of a management and service element that you can look after and maybe charge a bit of a margin for. There's a simple CMO. So if you start to question yourself or someone else questions you as to whether you should be investing in a CMO building as your first commercial, then make sure you are talking to active investors who are doing that strategy rather than observers. That way, through those conversations, you can work out what combination is going to suit you best. Because everybody does these things in slightly different ways. Of course, an element of that is the building, but the element of that is the building choice, the person that's investing, and they're working out, well, actually, which strategy is going to work well with the outcomes that I'm looking for? So by talking to investors rather than people on the sidelines, you will get a much better understanding of how this model works. So here's the thing. Our first commercial purchase was a CMO building. Did I set out to get a CMO? I had no idea what CMO was. 
did I know it was going to have 20 plus tenants? Well, I did obviously when I started the negotiations, but I certainly wasn't looking for that to start with. That's why we ended up buying. Was it very scary? Absolutely. I had no idea of how it worked or how it all worked, sorry, but over time we have developed systems, team, processes to own and run several of those types of buildings. And that that first one was one of those that had a lease in place or leases in place, but over time we changed those over to licenses. And there was a reason that we did that. And in fact, it's something that actually we do in most of our properties now when they're multi-lite. We will try and go to licenses, even though we've bought a few with leases in place. It's just our preferred uh, method. But that's because we have a certain outcome that we're looking for, right? So it matches our strategy. You may keep leases in place. We have now helped a number of investors do the same for their first commercial properties, ranging from three units up to 30, I think, yeah, 30, might be slightly more than that, actually, the largest one. But basically, there's somebody's invested and split into three units, and somebody's invested in a a building that's already at least 30 units. And it's not rocket science, but there is a process, and we can help you with every step of the way. The cheapest, I think, was actually, when I think about that, was um, that three-unit property was under £80,000. So it's absolutely possible to do that as your first multi-let. But you certainly don't have to buy a multi-let as your first purchase. But our experience of doing just that turned out to be a very good thing. And without knowing it at the time, it helped us build scale, credibility, experience and debt serviceability for the next one. The very things we were talking about back on the last Back to Basics episode. Now, whatever you decide to do, CMO or single let, the very best of luck to you. If you have a moment, let me know how you get on by way of a review or join us in the Commercial Property Investor Facebook group. There'll be some details in the show notes. So speak to you again on Thursday. And if you can't wait until then, jump on the CPI website podcast page and search up any topic you want to hear more about. It's a great resource with hundreds of hours of recordings just for you. Hold on, it would be remiss of me not to mention that if you're interested in really finding out about the CMO strategy, then our three-day intensive CMO event is the perfect place for you. You'll learn everything you need to know about high cash flowing CMO properties, from finding the best deals to renovating and letting them out. This is an opportunity to learn about everything we do in our business and to get all of your questions answered by some of the top minds in this industry. Imagine having just one property that exceeds your entire residential portfolio cash flow and then some. With our help, that could be a reality for you. Register today and join myself and some special guests at our next event on the 9th, 10th and 11th of June 2023. Details are in the show notes. There are limited spaces, so go on. Book your place. I look forward to meeting you then.